You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thank you for the wonderful worship. Good evening, everybody. Okay. Um, good evening, everyone, again. How's everybody doing today? This is the first week back from work, back at work, I've been since holidays. How, how was this week? How's this week been so far? It feels like the week should be over, and it's Wednesday. Am I the only person that feels like the week should be over, and it's Wednesday? Yeah. But we thank God. Okay, so um, I had a whole plan, but as we're worshiping, um, God was speaking to me about this scripture. Falabi um, said something while, while he was singing about, you know, I think it was something along the lines of cutting short God's plans for your life, and God drew me to this scripture in Second Kings. It's Second Kings um, 13 verses, let's say from 15, or no, let's say from 14, I think, to 18. Um, essentially, what was happening in this, in this particular verse was um, the Lord was asking that something be done in order to deliver his people from Syria, right? Okay, so let me just try to quickly read this. I don't have much time, so I'll try to be fast. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hands on the bow. Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hand. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Um, what happened here? was essentially, um, direction was given, right? So he was asked to keep striking the ground, and he stopped. And, you know, this scripture, when you read it, it sounds like, ah, why did he stop? What's wrong with him? Why didn't he just keep striking? But, you know, this sounds like what a lot of us do, right? When God gives us instructions, when God gives us direction. He says to us to keep going on any matter at all. I'm sure all of us have several things in our lives that maybe we felt like God asked us to keep going, but we stopped, you know? So tonight, we're talking all about visioning, and part of that discussion will be even the fact that, you know, there are things that we should be continually doing that we should not stop doing. So even when it looks like you have arrived, so there's a way that when it seems like you have arrived somewhere, people kind of stop, you know. I know people who were praying for a spouse or were praying for a job or praying for children. And when all those amazing blessings came, they just kind of stopped or they became lukewarm. And that's not how God wants us to live, right? Amen. So let's just declare over ourselves that we will not stop striking, that when the Lord says that we should continue, that we will not lose our focus or lose the vision that God has for us and we'll keep striking in Jesus' name. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to say a quick prayer before, we start, um, before I officially start preaching. So, Father, we thank you once again for this um, message. I pray, Lord, that you speak your mind through me this evening, that your children and myself would all hear the words that you have for us and that it will not fall on land that's not fertile, but it would fall on fertile ground and it would grow. Take the lids off our minds, open up our eyes, open up our hearts. Let us see all that you have for us. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Okay. So, 
the timer working? Oh, the timer is working, yeah. Okay, so um, what is vision, right? So I'm going to start just by being really corny. Sorry I have my laptop. I went to work um, and forgot my tablet at home, so now I have this big clunky laptop in front of me, which is a bit uncomfortable to preach with, but I'll try. Anywho, so vision is, according to the Oxford Dictionary, the faculty or state of being able to see the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. I think that's such a beautiful definition of wisdom. How many of us feel like we are able to like visualize like our future? Like do we have people here who actually feel like, yeah, you know, sometimes I close my eyes and you know, I can visualize like 20, 10 years and I see what God wants for me. Do we have any people like that in the house? Okay, I do. Nobody else? Okay, oh, thank you for those that do. If you don't, you know, pray to God that he would give you vision vision, that he'll give you accurate vision as well, not that your vision will override his own vision. So your vision creates your future, right? So the truth is, sometimes when we cannot see something, we cannot walk in it. So from that scripture that I just read with the king that was striking the ground, he obviously could not see the end is why he stopped striking the ground. Because I really feel like if he truly believed that this could happen, that this defeat could happen from striking the ground, he would have kept striking the ground. And sometimes that's what happens for some of us, right? We just feel like... "Mm." Well, let me just do it up, up until this point. Maybe it was chance. Maybe I was just lucky. But no, that's not what it is. You know, God is giving you vision for your future. And without that vision, it would actually be difficult for you to step into it. Because sometimes when God gives you a vision, it's way bigger than you. And maybe even everybody in your family. I mean, um, I was reading Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. Um, and I was very fascinated by the fact that neither, that nobody in her family had ever been to college, university. 